Greater Good Radio. I use as a rule of thumb that I'm trying to get about five times my money in three years or ten times my money in five years. Hi, we can design your home in one minute or less. Inspire. Inspire. If you are doing your passion on a daily basis, then you're never going to have to work a day in your life. Greater Good Radio, brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where we develop tomorrow's leaders by bringing you up close and personal with today's top business people. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to the promotion and implementation of social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. Mahalo, Evan. Today's guest is Mufi Hanuman, mayor of the city and county of Honolulu. Mayor Hanuman is also the founder of the Pacific Century Fellows. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Mufi Hanuman. Welcome to our show, Mayor. It's great to be on the show. So, as a mayor, what do you do for the city and county of Honolulu? Well, my job is probably one of the most demanding jobs uh, anyone can imagine. Uh, but it's a job that I asked for, so I'm not complaining. But it is basically, if you look at it in terms of a company... It's a billion-dollar corporation with nearly 10,000 employees. And if you look at it in terms of what it means to the state of Hawaii, we are three-fourths of the state's population and three-fourths of the tax base in the state of Hawaii. What I do every day, basically, I oversee uh, several departments that uh, look after public safety, such as fire and police protection. We also have uh, sole responsibility for our water resources, our sewers. Most of the roads fall under the city. Uh, parks, most of the parks fall under the city. And then we make a lot of planning uh, and land use decisions that govern development and the like. Uh, on top of that, uh, we have to be very mindful of our environmental stewardship in terms of making sure that decisions that we make today uh, certainly will have implications for tomorrow. Our sole uh, source, or I should say most of our revenues come from our property taxes, and that's the only authority that the state has given us in terms of raising revenues for the city. So how exactly do you manage your time doing all of these different uh, responsibilities? You surround yourself with good people like Jeff Coelho, <laughs> who's accompanied me here today. But I, I have, uh, I'm blessed with a lot of great people uh, that are helping me each and every day. Not only people that I've appointed to positions in city government, but loyal and dedicated civil servants, people who have chosen uh, to go into government. And uh, I have a very hardworking staff. Uh, I have a wonderful confidential assistant in uh, Ashar uh, who make sure uh, that uh, uh, my time is managed very well uh, and that I get to the things that I need to get to. But at the same time, Evan, you need to set aside time for your family. You need time to relax. You need time to exercise. All of that is maintaining your sense of balance. And I have a wife, uh, Gail, who's making sure uh, that those, that balance in my life is maintained. So why mayor? Why would anyone want to be the mayor of Honolulu? I ask myself that from time to time. <laughs> But, you know, for me, it's, it's all about a childhood dream. I went to Fern Elementary School in Kalihi, named after the first mayor of the city and county of Honolulu. And whenever I tell this story, people just find it hard that someone at eight years of age, at that point in time, wanted to grow up and be a leader in his city and his state. And that's exactly was the case for me. My parents were immigrant folks that moved to Hawaii in 1953. 
part of their American dream was to achieve as much education for their kids. And then they wanted us to be in a position to give back and contribute. And I, being the youngest male in the family, I was sort of tagged uh, with that responsibility. My parents had this American dream for one of us to go to Harvard. So from Iolani School, I went off to Harvard, and I just knew that one day uh, that I wanted to be a leader. So I've chosen a life of public service. Others, you know, for some for some of us, we're recruited, or some of us, it's a court of last resort to go into public service. Uh, but for me, uh, it's something that I've always wanted to do. So I've planned uh, for a career in public service. So what was the path from Harvard all the way to today as mayor? Well, at Harvard, I, I majored in government. Uh, that was my major back then. And, and at Iolani in elementary school, I, I borrowed books about political science, about biographies and history. So after I graduated from Harvard, I went on a Fulbright fellowship to New Zealand where I wanted to study, again, government uh, structures in the Pacific. Uh, from New Zealand, I came back to Hawaii because one of the things that I wanted to do was give back to my community. So I went into education. I taught at Iolani School. I coached the varsity basketball team. But I knew that I was going to go into government sooner or later. So my first mentor was Governor George Ariyoshi. I was an administrative assistant to him. Uh, midway through that, uh, well, I should say after the first year, I wanted to fulfill another ambition of mine, which was to be a, a White House fellow. Uh, and so I took two stops to Washington, D.C. I made two stops in Washington, D.C. One was to work for the Carter administration, uh, and I was on loan to them thanks to Governor Ariyoshi and the Department of Interior. And the second time, I applied for a White House Fellowship, which is uh, the idea I got to form the Pacific Century Fellows that we'll talk about a little bit, little bit later. But that was an opportunity to go and work in Washington, D.C. for a year as a special assistant. In my case, I got to work in the White House for then-Vice President George Bush in the Reagan administration. Then I came back home and decided that it was time to go get some private sector experience. So I spent six and a half years with C. Brewer & Company, at one time Hawaii's oldest company that gave me marketing experience, business experience, lobbying experience, you name it, even neighbor island experience. I, I moved to the big island and lived in Ka'u uh, and in uh, Papai Ko. Uh, and so uh, knowing that, you know, this was all in preparation to go into government or go back into government, I then uh, got the job as the director of business and economic development and tourism for Governor John Wahey. When the Wahey administration's term ended, I then decided to take another plunge into politics, and then I went on the city council in 1994, was reelected in 1998. Uh, during my time there, I also served as the chair of the city council. And then in 2000, because I was concerned about the direction that the city was going into, that we were maybe spending too much money and resources on what I called nice-to-have projects as opposed to need-to-have projects, I ran for mayor. I lost uh, to then-Mayor Jeremy Harris. But I knew four years later uh, I was going to make another run at it because this is what I really wanted to do. So in 2004, uh, I ran and I got elected uh, mayor of Honolulu. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Today's guest is Mayor Mufi Hanuman, city and county of Honolulu mayor. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Our show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely, lower banking. So you mentioned Governor Ariyoshi as your mentor. Could you tell us what he taught you about life, about being in politics that was important? What Governor Ariyoshi uh, taught me, one of the things that he taught me was that public service is a noble profession, A, and B, you need to be very careful how you spend taxpayers' dollars. You know, Governor Ariyoshi was a fiscal conservative. When he left office, he left a huge surplus. And 
uh, those two traits served me uh, very well in terms of the things that I've wanted to do in life, in my business career, in my private sector career, in my nonprofit career. He was an excellent role model for me in terms of someone who was quiet but effective, someone who wasn't out to get the headlines, uh, someone who just wanted to get the job done. And I really admired him for giving me an opportunity to work in government. And I remember as a Democrat, he had no problems of me applying for a White House fellowship in the Reagan administration, a Republican administration. He, you know, he, As far as he was concerned, it's not about Democrats, not about Republicans. It's about opportunities for someone from Hawaii to work in the nation's capital. So before elected as mayor, I heard that you were um, doing a radio show. <clears throat> yes. Um, one of the things that I did uh, while on the city council, and then it followed me after I left the council, was uh, I did a radio program. And that, of course, brought me into a, a, a lot of contact with Jeff Coelho, who at that time uh, was a general manager of uh, Kumu and a number of other stations. And I really marveled at how Jeff was able to compete with the other stable of family stations in town, getting a lot of mileage out of his radio stations. And one of the reasons why I discovered is that he was very a creative person. And so he came up with this idea with me to do a, uh, a morning show uh, that we did on Saturday mornings that would allow me to do two things, not only talk about the issues of the day, interview people like you're doing on your show, but I got to play music. <laughs> Because I love music. So we would intersperse our interviews with music. And uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience because, as you know, on radio, you, you have to think on your feet. Uh, you have to make your show interesting and, and, and informative enough so that the listeners will want to call the general manager up. Hey, Jeff, we think Mufi's doing a good job. Keep that show going and we want to hear more of it. So uh, I got to meet a lot of people as a result. I got to promote other folks, not just you know, what I was trying to do, but I brought in people from the community, and it was a wonderful, wonderful experience that uh, I'll never forget, and, and a lot of that I owe to Jeff Coelho. So you ever think about going back into radio maybe after your government career? <laughs> Funny you should ask that. <laughs> well, you know, I love radio. I think it's a terrific uh, opportunity to dialogue with people, and in my administration, Evan, we place a lot of emphasis on communication. Uh, that's why I asked Jeff Coelho to join me uh, at City Hall, because I really believe that oftentimes uh, things go astray because people don't understand or lawmakers don't make it a point to really convey their true sentiments or get the facts out. So radio is a wonderful medium in doing that. So is television. And uh, I can see myself uh, always being involved in some form of uh, of the media or, or exposure in, in that context. So if you weren't married today and you had the opportunity to do your own radio show, what, what kind of show would you be doing? I think I'd do exactly what I did with Jeff, where we came up with a format where we do a little bit of talk, a little bit of patter, uh, and a lot of music. Uh, and also, uh, you know, I think we'd make it very engaging, very informative, and taking advantage of not only local celebrities, but people who come through. Uh, Honolulu, uh, and um, I would find that very interesting. But I'm not ready to do that because I love being mayor, <laughs> which is why we go on a lot of radio shows, Jeff can tell you. So we heard that you're doing an incredible Dick Clark. Can you do an impersonation for us and introduce Greater Good Radio for us? <laughs> I don't know who said Dick Clark, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I like to uh, uh, listen to people. I have a good ear for music. I love singing. And uh, one of the things that I've enjoyed through the years is uh, an impersonation or two. So uh, maybe a little bit down the show, later in the show, I'll do one. I'll do an impersonation <laughs> for you. 
Thank you, Mayor Mufi Hanneman. Stay tuned for more on Sports Radio 1420. This is Chef Alan Wong uh, from Alan Wong's Restaurant on King Street, the Pineapple Room at Macy's, the Hualai Grill by Alan Wong at the Hualai Resort, and Alan Wong's Tokyo in Japan. You're listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. This is Lane Moroka, President and CEO of Big City Diner Restaurants. As far as financing, initially starting up, we never went to any of the banks because my past experience with the banks was like, restaurants, no. I think sometimes they fail to look at the people. Why did you choose to go at Central Pacific Bank? The people there are wonderful at Central Pacific Bank. Very service-oriented. Clinton came straight to Kailua. He sat down with us there, you know. I mean, how many CEOs wouldn't take the time out of their day to come uh, talk to a small business person? So made a big impact upon me. So with the banks, they do all of our day-to-day cash deposits and receivables and credit cards, all that kind of stuff, daily transactions and all that. And they do it for all four of our restaurants. Would you recommend Central Pacific Bank to other business people? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think they have done wonderful work with small businesses. And I think they're willing at least to listen to what you have to offer and what you have to say. Yeah, I highly recommend talking and listening to the people at Central Pacific Bank. Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. This is John Dane, former CEO of Silicon Valley Bank, managing general partner of Startup Capital Ventures. Do you read the Star Bulletin? Yes. Great paper, and it's a local paper, locally owned, and it's got a lot of aloha for Hawaii, and it does a great job of reporting. So when I'm here, I'm out buying it. Would you recommend Star Bulletin for other people to read? Absolutely. If you're going to live here or if you're traveling here, it's a great paper. This is Jim Tollefson, President and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce of Hawaii. I definitely would recommend the Chamber of Commerce to others. The benefits are that you get to meet other businesses, get to work together with other businesses, and help you improve your business to make more money to be successful. If you're not a member already, you can give me a call, 545-4300, extension 388. I invite you to join us in creating a better Hawaii, Hawaii that's better for us, for our children, and for the future. You're listening to Greater Good Radio, brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Now, back to Evan and Carrie on Sports Radio 1420. We're back with Mufi Hanneman, Mayor of the City and County of Honolulu. So, Mufi, you mentioned about the White House Fellows that you were involved in, and you also helped to create the Pacific Century Fellows here in Honolulu. Could you tell us a little bit more about that program? Yes, uh, the White House Fellows Program um, is one of the most significant uh, activities that I've ever been involved with. 
basically what it is, it was started by President Johnson uh, through the urging of John Gardner, the father of Common Cause. And what President Johnson wanted to do was give young Americans an opportunity to work in Washington, D.C. for a year uh, at the elbow of a cabinet secretary, of the vice president of the United States, or in the White House. Part and parcel of that everyday work experience is what they call the educational program, where they would introduce us to the movers and shakers of our country. They would allow us to travel throughout the United States and take a foreign trip. In my case, in my class in 83, 84, we went to the Middle East. We went to Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Jordan, and Israel. Uh, so, uh, And the whole idea, of course, is to, as a result of that exposure in Washington, D.C., in the highest levels of government, you would take that back to your community, uh, to your former job, uh, and then instill uh, forever and ever, hopefully, this desire that you know you have to contribute to the betterment of your nation. Uh, in my particular case, I also got to work uh, in the office of the vice president. So for Vice President George Bush, I got to travel a lot because that's what vice presidents do. They go to ceremonies. They go to funerals. And I went all over the world, Europe, Asia, Africa, South, South America. Uh, and then I also got to do domestic policy briefings for the Vice President of the United States. So it was a great, great year. I got to meet a lot of people, lifelong friends. For example, one of my White House fellow colleagues was Elaine Chow. Elaine Chow is the first Asian-American woman, and she's Chinese, to be uh, named a cabinet member. And so she is now the Secretary of Labor in the Bush administration. She's asked me on two occasions to serve uh, in the administration, first of all, as a member of the President's Council in the 21st Century Workforce, and lately I'm on the Secretary of, of Labor's Committee on Apprenticeship. So those are the kind of long-lasting uh, friendships that you make as a result of being a White House fellow. So when I returned to Honolulu, I knew that I wanted to create a similar type of experience, recognizing full well that not everyone from Hawaii has the time or can make the sacrifice to uproot themselves and move to Washington, D.C. for a year. So I came up with this idea of a Pacific Century Fellows Program where it's all about leadership. It's all about identifying the leaders of tomorrow, many of whom are already leading our community today. And on a once-a-month basis, give them an opportunity to come together as a class and focus in on an issue. Uh, this present class in January, after they met initially to sort of identify what they wanted to do, they heard from interesting speakers such as uh, – uh, Joe Rice of Mid-Pacific Institute, who talked about how he overcame adversity in his life. And then, of course, David Heenan, uh, the noted author uh, and um, Campbell Estate trustee who just wrote a book called Flight Capital. Uh, and as a result of that weekend that they spent together, they've identified issues that they want to focus on. So for the first three months, for example, the, this current class of Pacific Century Fellows uh, had a criminal injustice day uh, in December. Uh, in January this month, they'll be focusing on Government Day, where they'll be looking at issues at the state uh, and county level and the federal level. And then uh, in February, they'll have Military Day, where Admiral Fallon, a SYNCPAC commander, will host them, and they'll look in depth at the military. In between, we expose them to interesting speakers. Uh, for example, Sir Derek Mon, who's the chair uh, of the KKR Group, uh, Asia, the largest private equity firm in the world. He was vacationing with his family over Christmas vacation, so we exposed him uh, to Sir Mon, who doesn't do any other speaking engagements while he's in Hawaii, and if he does, he charges a fee. But he didn't do it because it's the Pacific Century Fellow. So this is our eighth class of fellows. 
I'm very pleased to be identified with them. I see not only is it an opportunity to identify the future leaders of tomorrow, but they bond together like a college graduation class, like a high school graduation class. And what we do, too, is we have them sort of network with each other. So with the eight classes of fellows, there'll be a reunion coming up shortly where we bring back all the other fellows classes and then they get to see each other. And then it's interesting how business relationships develop, how they tend to volunteer for projects in the community. It's all about nurturing good leadership for tomorrow. So the process of actually choosing choosing these fellows is rigorous. What would you recommend for people that are wanting to be a part of this program to prepare? How should they best prepare? Well, we have a website that they should go to, PacificCenturyFellows.net, and I would recommend that they do that to look at the application process and also look at the fellows that have gone through the program. And then I would talk story with one of them uh, and get a better idea of what the year was like and also in terms of asking questions in terms of preparing for the application process. Application process is basically a written form uh, that all fellows are asked to do, and based on that, Uh, They are chosen for in-depth interviews that happen. And then we have a distinguished panel of judges from the community made up of all kinds of folks from different parts of the island. They're Democrats, Republicans, independents. Uh, So we really want a good mix of people that are selected. I don't choose them. This distinguished panel of judges chooses them. And I would also say to them, you know, and this is coming from someone who didn't win his first race for mayor, took me the second time around. Don't be discouraged if you don't get selected the first time around. We have people who have applied two, three times before they got selected. The only thing that will guarantee you that it'll be a good year. It'll be a good year because of the quality of people that you'll meet, not only within the fellows class, but the topics that we'll expose you to, and then the added benefit is the networking that takes place between the first class of fellows and the third class of fellows and the eighth class of fellows. It's invaluable. In fact, people tell me today that uh, as they developed their businesses, as they expanded their businesses, they called upon an attorney that they met in the fellows program. They called upon an architect that they met in the fellows program. They, talk, they, they call upon an engineer, and they sort of put together a hui of folks based on this fellows experience. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Today's guest is Mayor Mufi Hanuman. He is the mayor of the city and county of Honolulu and founder of the Pacific Century Fellows. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Our show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely loyal banking. So, Mayor, I know that you've identified Chinatown as kind of the area that you want to focus on. Can you talk more about why you chose that area and maybe what the plans could be or... Give us some insight into that. Well, Evan, I I really want to credit you and and, and a lot of the MBA students that got together with you to sort of recognize there was a need to bring the various organizations together so that we could have a more synergistic approach to Chinese New Year, for one. And my administration's commitment is I really want to ramp up and revitalize Chinatown, and I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I want to take all the good work that former mayors have done ongoing community organizations, both cultural, both arts organizations, and the business organizations, and now give it some impetus and a big push in that direction. And I think the time is right. When people ask me to describe, what are you talking about, Mayor? I says, well, you know what? The last administration did a good job in Waikiki and revitalizing Waikiki, but they spent billions of dollars in doing that. I think we can do the same for Chinatown without spending that kind of money because there's a lot of uh, commitment already in Chinatown. One of the things I like to do, for example, Evan, is uh, highlight the arts. Uh, Right now, we have a First Friday. Uh, The 
Hawaii Theater is experiencing a renaissance. Uh, I was very instrumental in the council in fostering the idea that the Marx Garage could be an art center, and it was an idea that my wife Gail gave me, who who chairs the Hawaii Alliance for Arts Education, is to utilize underutilized buildings and give it some seed money and create what they call an art enterprise zone. So there's an arts cultural district that I really believe is on the cusp of going to the next level. And my administration would like to help in that regard. There's loft housing now there. Why, why should it be restricted to one Friday a month uh, or the first Friday of every month? We should have that every Friday. And I think there's a lot of arts groups that wants to do this. I, I've been talking with the Ford Foundation. They're poised to put in some money in Chinatown. And we'll be identifying other stakeholders, both at the state level uh, and we should also look at foreign uh, entities such as Taiwan that owns a piece of the uh, Chinatown Cultural Plaza. I think all of this makes for a very good mix of people coupled with the business organizations, Hawaii Pacific University. And if you look at the uh, Chinatown uh, Gateway Fountain there, you know, my administration inherited, as many people know, an eyesore. It was it was broken. <laughs> it was irreparable. As some people saw it, and they, they put the price tag like at $551,000 for us to repair it. Our city administration went to work and we put in all the improvements and repairs with less than $50,000. And we've got the entities of Indigo Theater, the Plumbers Union, head by uh, Herbert Kaupua and Hawaii Theater to agree to maintain that. So that's the kind of uh, vitality that I want to bring to it. On the same time, I want to continue to emphasize the Chinese cultural heritage. Not only the Chinese that have been here for a long time, but recognizing the Southeast Asian group of Chinese that are moving here in great numbers. And that's why we uh, worked with you, Evan, and others to make sure that we now can have these events uh, on a regular schedule and try to avoid the conflicts that we've seen in the past where sometimes two or three events were happening on one weekend and people were confused. We've got them spaced out now and we're able to maximize our city resources, whether it's the police special services that has to be there or city crews and the like. And so it makes it easier as tax for us from a taxpayer perspective to be able to do this. And I love the fact that this year in the year of the dog, they're taking a page from their low week festivities and marketing it. They've got a great brochure out. They've lined up businesses in Chinatown who are going to offer discounts. Uh, this really is now uh, what we're saying to the rest of Hawaii is that, you know, Chinatown is going through a renaissance or renewal. And as mayor, I'm very happy to lend our efforts to be part of that. The Smith Britannia Park is another great example that's been on the books for a long time. My administration came in and they said, Mayor, we really need that playground equipment. We said, you know, what? we're not going to quibble of who gets the credit for it. Let's just do it. So that's another shining example of what we need to do more of in Chinatown. So before we run out of time, Mayor, you mentioned that you would go ahead and do an impersonation for us. You said not Dick Clark, but maybe it's your impersonation of an announcer. Well, your top four favorite songs of your time. Well, you know, I actually see a guest coming in through the door. Let me oh, how you doing, Governor? Good to see you, Governor Ariyoshi. Well, I, I wanted to come by today, Mofi. I wanted to, uh, to, to say to uh, uh, Evan and Carrie here how much I appreciate uh, what they're doing here because all of, uh, it's about the future of this community. And just like you, many years ago, I see the same potential in them. And so I wanted to come by and congratulate Evan and congratulate Carrie. And, uh, oh, thank you very much, Governor Arios. And then, wait a second. You know what? You know who's here today? Senator Inouye. Senator, thank you for making time here. I wanted to stop by today to let Evan and Carrie know that I'm very, very proud of the work that they do in Hawaii. 
And certainly when they come to the nation's capital, I would like for them to stop by my office so that we can greet them accordingly, Mr. Mayor. Well, thank you, Senator. Thank you very much. And in closing, I just want to let you know, and Evan and Kerry, how much I love Honolulu. And in so doing, let me just borrow a phrase from a song that I just put on a DVD. I fell in love with Honolulu When I saw a girl with flowers in her hair When she gave me her aloha smile I was glad that I could stay Oh, I Okay, okay, enough singing. Keep your day job. Evan and Carrie, thank you very much for having me on your show. I really enjoy uh, being here today with you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mayor Mufi Hanneman, for joining us today on Greater Good Radio Hawaii. For more information on today's show or transcript, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii. This show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely loyal banking. Stay tuned to Sports Radio 1420 for another intriguing episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.